This podcast was created using Anchor. Shrimp on the Barbie? <laughs> shrimp on the Barbie? Yeah, that's a thing. Oh my God. What does that mean? Because like how I see it, it's like a Barbie, but her hair has been cut off and she's wearing a piece of shrimp over it. No, but you're really close. <laughs> Barbie is short for barbecue. Shrimp is one of those big ass prawns they got down there in yes. Australia. You put that on the grill, which is the barbecue. And you make yourself up a nice shrimp on the barbie. Nice. Wait, say it again. Nice. Nice. So the trick there, I learned this from Meryl Streep when she was doing A Cry in the Dark. tell us more. You pronounce O with your mouth, but you say I in the back of, that's it. Oh. So like, nice. Like, that's a nice. Like, like, it's O. It's like, like, dingai. Dingai. So you say like dingai, but you put the O, but then the I is in the back of your mouth. Yeah. Do you know what the big news of the week is? Uh, we're not there yet. Uh, we got <laughs> the splitter in the mail, which means we now technically were able to hear the opening theme yes. in our in our headphones while we actually sat here doing yes. the podcast. I didn't have to bring it over later from somewhere else. And, and didn't that just invigorate you, babe? It did. It felt like we were doing a real podcast. I know. For the first time. It only took seven episodes. Oh, but we're here, baby. We're here now. And we're never going back, are we, babe? Never. Babe, are you having a good time doing the podcast? Are you having a good time with the pod? I am. It's just, uh, now that I can hear us in the cans, I have to be honest, it is weird because I hate the sound of my voice. Babe, I gotta tell you, there's one person in the world who agrees with you about not loving to hear your own voice, and that's just Ben Brantley. No, nope, just you. Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that coming. And that's not even true, babe. Well, <laughs> looking back, it might be a little You know true. what? Ben, ben Brantley is the, the reviewer for the New York Times, the, the big theater The lead reviewer. critic for the New York the Times. The lead critic. And, you know, he ain't never got nothing to say about me that's good. But he doesn't say anything about you that's bad, babe. No, it's but it's always in the middle of the road. All right. All right. Enough of that, babe. <laughs> you know why I'm only thinking of that? Because I'm putting my website together, which you guys will be able to hit up very soon. Oh, yeah. Yes. Which should be going live in about a week or so. But um, I w- I'm looking for, like, reviews and things. I'm like, oh, I'll use my Times reviews. And I'm like, oh, no, I won't. <laughs> I actually won't be using those. You know, first of all, nobody is crying for you in your career. 
that's the first <laughs> Some thing. Some people are. And the second thing is, is I actually have had a very similar experience because I just launched my website this week. Yeah. Which you can find at which my daughter Maddie, Madeleine, Madeleine Dara Goldsmith, oh. Madeleine Dara Goldsmith, soon to be Madeleine Dara Goldsmith Garner. In a we year, love the G's. Um, put together for me and did a brilliant and beautiful job. So thank you, Maddie. But you guys should go because I tried to make it a little bit more personal. personal. Yeah. And I wrote basically my memoirs into the... It's, uh, uh, if anything, it's thorough. Uh, and I tried to, if I worked with you at any point, if you were in one of my workshops or one of my productions, I tried to get you in there. Um, so go in and check it out and see if, because uh, I think our audience is essentially comprised of people we've worked with. <laughs> That's about it. So. Wow. I was going to say, I don't think anyone you've worked with probably listens to this show. Well, that besides, could be Besides like too. Audrey. Well, you know what? I don't want to be modest, but the analytics just keep getting better. It's hey. just unbelievable. Every oh. week the audience is growing. It's growing and changing. Growing and changing. And wait, what's this from? I don't know. I'm just making it up. Okay. (laughs) This is Podcast the Musical. (laughs) The analytics are growing and changing and building each week. So just write in and see if you you want us to continue writing Podcast the Musical because we'll do it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we'll do it. David will definitely do it. I will. Well, we'll do it together, babe. It's a family affair. You know what I'm saying? It's a family affair. Hey, hey. It's a family affair. Maddie is not going to be happy I'm singing that song. Oh, why? What does it matter like that okay, song? Okay, what's that show we saw in Brooklyn where they Uh-oh. play that song one million times? I don't, I don't remember. When I see a show in Brooklyn, I tend to do everything I can to block David. it out. David, it was called Fairview. Oh, oh no, was, no, that's true. Fairview yes, is not, I didn't want to block out Fairview. I, yeah, I take exactly. It I and take they it play that, that song one million times. Babe, you didn't say BAM. You didn't say Brooklyn Academy of Music style. It's all Brooklyn, ain't it? Yeah, no, you're right. Brooklyn's amazing. I take back what I said. In fact, I may edit that out. No, I really won't. <laughs> um, oh, we have some corrections from last week. Do you want to start with corrections? Correction. Babe. I know your father. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> that could be the jingle for the corrections uh, um, segment. Do we should again. just get... Correction, I know your father. <laughs> yes, Mufasa. <laughs> it's not Mufasa. It is. You no, know, it's the it's the monkey. It's the, the old Oh no, Rafiki, Rafiki. Rafiki, thank you. Mufasa's dad. Yeah, Rafiki what are you doing? What are you doing? Getting my... You know what, babe? Black yeah. is king. Well, it's interesting. Tiger is king. It's interesting <laughs> that you should make a correction because that's the segment. We're going to make some corrections. I got some things wrong. Last week, so Ugh. so first of all, and my daughter pointed this out. It is not Billy Eichler. It's oh, Billy Eichler. Yeah, she's not the only one that pointed that out. Babe. I kept using the L. Got a lot of oh, DMs. How you gonna correct me and you still wrong? Yeah, rude. Uh, babe, just a white man in America. What do you want? Exactly. Um, and <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, and I also just the title of last week's episode, which we were trying to figure out. When we were when it was happening. Well, no, no, no. You, you did say Tiger is King. Oh, I did say Tiger. Which was hilarious. But it was my future son in law who then said um, at, when we were talking about Beyonce how Beyonce's every character. Yes. That he said I didn't know if that came across well in the last episode, is that it never did. 
it, you have to laugh at it inside your own mind. No, no, no. But the whole the whole idea of it, like you have to know Norbert the movie with Eddie Murphy first of all. Then you have to understand that what we're saying about Black is King is that Beyonce plays literally every every character in it. That she's the and mother who puts the baby in the basket clear. and puts the basket in the river. Yes. And then at the other end of the river, she's the yes. Mo- she's wearing a completely different outfit and wig and and gets the baby. <laughs> so it's just like we thought of it as Beyonce does Norbert, but we hope that was clear. And if not, like laugh later. It matters. Do not. laugh later because if you really just take take this moment away and go think about it, at some point it will actually. Make oh, it it'll be. A jolly, jolly good time. Now, in the moment with uh, my daughter and my future son-in-law, Brandon Garner, we laughed our asses off because it was super, super funny. Yeah. Then we got a question. Uh, oh, no. Yep, from uh, Rashidra of oh. Hoboken. <laughs> Weehawken. Weehawken. Oh, I'm sorry. I get that Hoboken and Weehawken always mixed up. Rashidra Scott of Weehawken, New Jersey. And and she writes, Dear Brian Dave. <laughs> Why sometimes in your pod have I noticed that you'll say, we'll be right back, and then you don't go anywhere and you come right back? Well, actually, is Rashidra the person who wrote that? Because Amber Dickerson also wrote that. Oh, was it Amber Dickerson? Yeah, it was Amber Dickerson. And it wasn't a writing, it was a... Was a writing, I was just You know what? You can't... Oh, okay, so what are you doing? You're mixing up black girls right no, now? No, no. Rashidra did ask this question, Where didn't is she? it? Could you find it? Because I don't think she did. I think it was... I think it was on... Okay. Everyone... David doesn't know the difference okay. between any black woman. This is definitely getting edited out. <laughs> so we have He's a question this week. It's coming from Amber Dickin Dickerson. Dickerson. Amber Dickerson. Dickerson. Amber Dickerson mm-hmm. <laughs> of, uh, of, of Manhattan. No, of California. Oh, she's in California she's now? In L- well, I don't even think she's in L.A., but yeah. Um... Actually, Amber asked this question. I thought it was Rashidra, but it was Amber, I guess. Well, she'll be happy for the shout-out, I think. Um, I love them both. Amber and or Rashidra asked the question. <laughs> By the way, uh, Amber was our stage manager for Motown, the musical, and then she became your stage manager for the Falsettos Broadway National Tour. Yeah. So um, so we have both journeyed far and wide. With, with Miss Amber. With, with Miss Amber who we love. Um, So the question was, what do we do when David says, we'll be right back? And I actually have that question too, because, you know, David kind of mans this whole thing. I have no idea what's going on behind his computer. I don't know when he's recording or when he's not. I'm just very confused, just with the rest of you guys. So when he says that, I always look kind of confused and I just go with it. But David, what happens? Well, let, let's. This goes back to the beginning of the pod. Whenever you say this podcast was created using Anchor, yes, Anchor is the uh, democratized platform app that you can download onto your phone, and it will do everything for you. Once you re- you can record as we did our first episode right into your phone, uh, and when you sign up with Anchor and you publish your podcast from Anchor. They have an option that you can sponsor your episodes. You can have your episodes sponsored. And what you do is, and it took me a while to figure this out, but it's it's cool. You They, they give you blocks of sponsorship that you can put into your podcast. If, if at some point, Anchor is actually going out and finding sponsors for you, and they will hopefully drag some of them back the further along you get. And at that moment, then you and I would record a sponsorship 
spot, 30 seconds or a minute or whatever, and we would insert that into what is an empty sponsorship container box now. So for the time being, when you hear us say, we'll be right back, that is to give room for sponsorship that will come one day. One day, y'all. One day. Just keep listening, and soon you'll get to hear us talking about Squarespace. Do you want to, do you want to just kind of like audition one? Pick a product, and you and I will just now, just for, the, just for shits and gigs, we'll sit here and we'll, we'll show our... Okay, so Brianna has picked up Mucinex. Mucinex Sinus Max. What does it do, babe? Mucinex Sinus Max is for severe nasal congestion. It'll keep your nasal passages clear and cool. Well, that was amazing. See, you see what I mean? So, like, if you're Mucinex right now, you're going, oh, damn. I've got to get on that podcast. I've got to get on that for reals. Yeah. For realsies. Yeah. So, that's that's the answer. Balls so, babe. Yes. How's your week been? What's the big thing that happened in your opinion? You and I just became so much more socially relevant than we had even dreamed we did. Yes. Oh, yes, we did. And you know why? Yes, this is my one of my things, though. Was this is this week in gaggery, though? Yeah. Oh, well, then you know what it's time for. This, this week, week in gaggery. <laughs> Go, babe. <laughs> so this week, this week in gaggery is. Kamala Harris yeah. as our VP pick. Woo! Now, babe, this was this was a this is a total gag. But do you know why you and I became even more relevant because of uh, Kamala Harris, the legendary um, choice to be uh, the next VP? Well, I do. Go. The fact of the matter is, Kamala Harris. I can't say Kamala. Uh oh. I gotta say Kamala. Don't be like Tuker Carlson. Tuker. <laughs> By the way, we're calling him Tuker. To be honest, Ka- 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 wait, what is it? Kamala, Kamala is how you say it, but yeah. Kamala is how Tuker Carlson says it. Yeah, but it's also kind of black. Like uh, Kamala is black, I guess, but I don't know what. <laughs> well, and then at one point when he was in a very moving moment, uh, future President Biden called her Kamala, Kamala and had to correct yeah. himself. Just at the moment you didn't want him to do that. But it didn't matter. It's fine. Well, then he corrected it like one second later, but yeah. it was still. Anyway, um, Kamala is married to Doug. What's his last name? Oh, you know what? <clears throat> Mr. Harris. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> How I don't know. dare you? Doug Emhoff yes. is his name. He is a corporate lawyer in Los Angeles. And he has two previous children from a another marriage, and they call her Mamala. Anyway... Doug is an adorable white man, which makes them down with the swirl, baby. But even more than that, babe. What? He's a member of the tribe. He's a member. Oh, he's Jewish? Oh, Doug is Jewish. Oh, thank God. Right? We love Jewish people. Do we not? Yes. And he's like, I mean, how old is Doug Emhoff? She was born um, in 64. And so so is she. They're both two years younger than I am, which is so... Annoying. Upsetting. It's really upsetting when you find out that people are younger than you. Especially when you find out that people were born in the thousands. Eek. When did this happen to you, babe, last? When did you realize that someone of intense social, political, or public significance no, was actually younger than you? It, when was the last just, time that in happened? In any audition. Like, you'll... I'll, I'll, 
<laughs> well, this devolved quickly. <laughs> I will like be talking to my counterparts in an audition. They'll be like, I was born... In, wait, wait, do they just kind of volunteer that shit? Just like it's just They actually sitting, do because they're, they're, they're just annoying. Because young just... people are very annoying and they love to tell you when they were born. <laughs> just just for no apropos it's like of one nothing. Time I was at dinner with this girl and she was like and I said, Oh, I think you know my I'm not gonna say who this girl is, but I said, I think you know my friend, uh, because you guys went to the same school. And she was like, Oh yeah, I know her. I mean, I don't really I mean, like, she was older than me, so, like, she was not in my class. And I was like, yes, I know. I know she's older than you. But don't act like you don't know who she is. You walk the halls, honey. I hate it when people do that. Anyway, young people love to say what year they were born. And honestly, I say what year I'm born, and you get annoyed. 85. Because honestly, what were you you doing in 85? It was my fifth year of conservatory. (laughs) So you... I was graduating from the College Conservatory of Music as an opera and music theater major. That was only two lifetimes ago. L-O-L. And I was being born. You were being born. So, anyway, they do volunteer that information, and I do find it very annoying. But back to Kamala Harris and Doug Emhoff. Sorry, I went off on that Our future (laughs) vice president and second We're very excited. We're very excited. Now, I was not like... Overjoyed. Now, this is what I wanted to talk about. I was weeping, but I David was weeping about it, and I was like, awesome. Um, It was expected. It's a very safe choice, which I think safe is necessary. I find it stunning. And he thinks it's stunning that I say it's a safe choice because she's a black woman. Yes. But this is, but I think John Kavanaugh had it right when he said, like, it's it's really that because I'm so much younger than mm. you guys, mm. I things seem obvious to yeah. me and my generation. Yeah. And I consider, I mean, when I think about Maddie, like Maddie's six years younger than me, um, David's daughter, my stepdaughter. And that's not very much, but I feel But it a works lot, for us. No, it's great. <laughs> but I feel a lot older than her at times. But in this time, we feel like we are a part of the same generation, and we are technically millennials. I'm an old millennial, but um, she, we, we both have this idea that like that's not out of the ordinary to have a black woman be nominated for VP. Um, but for us, it's kind of like I never thought I would see this, and and it's so moving to see it, and it gives us so much hope. And I, which is the thing spent... we need right now most of my adulthood with a black president. So to me, it's right. not, it's like, of course, well, that will, would come next, yes. Yeah, and having said that, I'm not one of those people, and I wasn't in the Obama era, or in the pre-Obama era, in the W. Bush era, that felt like there was no way on earth that a, that America would elect right. either a black man or a black woman um, to high office. I, I do believe, and I believe again, that, that we will. Um, well, yeah, my, I mean, the only person I remember saying that was my grandpa. My grandpa just thought it was absolutely just not going to happen. Did he survive to see? Um, he uh, did. President Obama. Yeah. Inaugurated. And did you speak to him after? Yeah, he, I, when, I mean, he... not really in depth like I would now. Yeah. Um, but he was very happy about it. I think he just never thought that that would happen in his lifetime. So I suppose it was just like some sort of cognitive dissonance, like, oh my God, this actually yeah. happened. Yeah, I think so. Well, it's going to happen again, 
and then unless this is this is the this is the the the, the big thing and i'm just gonna do i'm gonna do this real real quick because this is part of this week in gaggery i don't know that it's my gag but the thing that i'm gonna say this is my gag the thing that gagged me this week other than the wonderful part of it is this thing that's going on with the post office oh my god it's such a gag so i was up all last night tossing and turning over this um david is an empath thanks my love but you shouldn't have to be an empath to um be absolutely in terror and fury right now about what's what's happening with the post office which is now just like a complete confession this is why i'm trying to defund the post office because there will be uh less less ability to for people to vote and i will get reelected. so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I have one suggestion, which is I always go to the Lincoln Project and say, what are you guys doing? Lincoln Project is made up of, of a few former Republicans um, who are just brilliant people who have been uh, waging a an online and on the air ad campaign, I'm sure most of you know, um, that's mostly been extremely effective in moving those persuadable voters over to um, the side of the angels and driving uh, the president insane at the same time, which is good, good cause. And if you go to their Twitter feed right now, they have listed every Republican senator with their phone number and have said, call every one of these senators and tell them that we need the post office. We need the post office not just for mm. democracy and mm-hmm. for the bail to be delivered, but we need it for veterans to get their prescriptions um, and, um, and and people to be able to connect with each other and get their packages, and especially in a time of pandemic, uh, it's not the time to be taking away this essential service that uh, was uh, started at the dawn of democracy is in the Constitution. The first postmaster general was Benjamin Franklin. Um, and the <laughs> current, uh, just recently appointed postmaster general is... Um, a $2 million donor to the president's campaign and has begun to dismantle it. Uh, and and there are photographs that are being posted all over the internet of trucks picking up, unbolting and picking up actual mailboxes on, on, on suburban and city streets all across America, loading them up and taking them away. Uh, and there is a uh, an, an end to uh, overtime in the post office now, and they are deactivating sorting machines. This is all coming from this new postmaster general. All of this is voter suppression. All of it is illegal, mm-hmm. uh, and it is all out in the open. And there, with the numbers as they are, there is no way that this man can win without stealing it. And he's doing it openly and we've got to fight back and that means we've got to be out on the streets if necessary and and i will be looking for where those uh, those organizations are going to happen but this is extremely serious this is a five alarm emergency fire it's really scary and i think i mean for me i'm going what can i do what can I actually do to make people get out and vote? To me, it feels like, of course you have to go vote because of course you wouldn't want four more years of this. And if this is what he's doing to cheat, like it's only going to continue and get worse. And if you're going to vote by mail, get the vote in, do that. 
also yes. you can take yes. your ballot to a board of elections and deliver it directly to them rather than put it back in the mail if you can figure out how to do that do that i've done that yeah bring someone with you to vote if you can really the best way to vote this time is to put on the mask do the social distancing i i, I hate to say it but take the risk and go vote in person if you can at all yeah uh, if not make sure that you've that you've contacted vote save america there's also a on uh, the 538 blog today there is an article about how to vote in your state every single state is uh, listed there um so go to both go to 538.com and look for your state and how to how to get your vote and if you want to vote by mail especially uh but don't think that election day this year is november 3rd it's at least october 20th because those are the earliest days that you yeah. can start to send in your ballot if you're going to do now it what's going to happen mail. are they going to do this thing where they they send out your ballots hella late like they did in new york well that's what the, the idea now is to slow the post office down they, they're not going to be able to abolish it or completely defund it by then but the objective is for them to slow it down so much that ballots get there late and then if they get there late they won't be counted right so there are already court fights there is a fight in rhode island that uh that ended up on the good side where they were trying to stop counting after election day if uh, if postmarked ballots arrived um, it, it were not counted in time and they're in Rhode Island they're going to be able to continue counting after election day if the, if, but um, this is uh, this is a, a state by state battle um, usually by the time it gets to a court even a Trump appoint ooh, damn it ooh. Okay, every week, babe. This is getting expensive, this... Uh, Ouch. Um, well, we'll see if I get the Venmo. Sometimes I don't get the Venmo. Sometimes Did I... Did I request you last week? Yeah, and I paid up. I'm pretty sure. Um, I could be <laughs> gaslighting you, though. You'd never know it. And I could be like, yeah, babe, yeah, I totally... Ven I can't believe... Didn't it show up on the, on the Venmo app? Anyway. Um, anyway, let's just, let's just do everything we can to fight this tide... Uh, against what really is a, a, an assault on democracy like we have not seen since the it's Civil really War. Bad. It's really bad, you guys. And it's it's not really about Kamala Harris. I mean, this moment is much bigger than Joe Biden. It's, it's much bigger than all these people and their records or whatever. It's like, do you want a democracy or no? That's the question. Look where we are. Look where we are. We're out of jobs. We're unemployed. We're struggling. We're worried about if we're going to be able to feed ourselves and our families. And I know some of you are not worried about that. But definitely we are We are asking questions of ourselves and our futures that we shouldn't have to be asking. I shouldn't have to go, oh, maybe I should uh, switch it up and become a nurse. Or maybe I should go into a different field. I shouldn't have to think about that. But I'm having to think about it because of the mishandling of this pandemic in the country. And now that everything is exposed and these inequalities and these, these systems that we're built on are actually revealing themselves as shit, it's like, okay, what are we gonna do now? And I'm gonna tell you, this president is not gonna do anything about it because he's winning from it. He's winning. He's not in jail. He's uh, corrupt. He's in cahoots with Putin. It just, it's just, it's like endless. And I'm just like, are you tired of the trauma or not? Like, I don't want any more trauma. 
Am I like super excited about Joe Biden and Kamala? No, I'm, I'm like, it's okay. I'm excited about the stride that it's a huge, um, it means a lot to be able to see a black woman be in that kind of position of power, even just to be a candidate is exciting. And it's what we need as a country because we're a mess uh, right now. But I, I, I think at this moment, it's not really about these individuals. It's about our country and what we're going to do. What do we want the next four years to be? So I need you to get out. I need you to tell your friends and your family to get out. I need you to hand deliver shit to the board of elections. I need you to do that kind of thing because it's the only way we're going to get across or get past this, uh, the cheating. He's going to try and cheat y'all. It's really bad. The numbers are not in his favor. So he is going to cheat like he has his whole life. Okay. I'm done. That was amazing, babe. I don't know if it was amazing, but I just I'm a, I'm upset because we're making it about Kamala's um, record, and I'm just like, okay, right. guess right. what? So like, actually, Kamala is much more uh, qualified for this mm. than most white men that are in that position. Hundred percent. That's going to lead me to how I'm going to get out of this this week in gag resentment with uh, with the, and I tie this together. You're going to love this. So we're going the back to the Lincoln Project. They found three months old David Cross stand-up routine um, and they put it into an ad you should go look for it because they've they've matched it with visuals that are incredible but it's really funny on its own to listen to or satisfying to listen to um, and it goes a little something like this I am starting to starting to regret my vote for Trump I I know you guys I know. I was like you. It'll be fun. It'll be funny. Burn it down. Burn the Constitution down. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so there's this Twitter thing, uh, Twitter feed that I'm on that's called Trump Regrets or Trump Voter Regrets or something like that. And it's a compendium of, of whenever somebody writes that in their tweet, it sends it to this thing. And... Uh, you know, it's been going on. They've compiled thousands and thousands of them. Uh, you know, there's somebody posted a couple days ago. Dear President Trump, I'm starting to regret my vote. <laughs> what? Now? Now you're starting to regret. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I was fine in the beginning. I, 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 I can overlook, and I'm okay with the blatant racism and the crass sexism and the deranged narcissism and pandering to Nazis and supporting pedophiles and proudly bragging about being a sexual predator and uh, paying your mistress to have an abortion and openly cheating your employees and mocking the disabled and praising murderous dictators and the constant pathological lying, the petty vindictive cruelty, the staggering ineptitude. The unapologetic corruption, the nepotism, the mob ties, the calculated mendacity, ignorance as to how American government works, encouraging violence against those that question your authority, the theft of our tax dollars to pay off your mountain of debt and or go golfing. Did I mention the relentless lying? You're a liar. Being a white nationalist, demonizing immigrants, the obvious disregard of the Bill of Rights, lying about whether Russia had hacked our election when you knew all along it had, then lying about lying about it, the collusion with our sworn enemy and the sworn enemy of democracy, your dereliction of duty, your treasonous activities, and I, I was with you when you cheated 
I was with you when you cheated uh, on your wife with that porn star, the one you compared favorably to your daughter. Uh, you cheated on your wife, not the wife you raped, but the current wife who had just given birth to your son. And of course I was with you when we found out you cheated with the Playboy Playmate, the one you compared favorably to your daughter. Not, not with the wife you have now, but the second wife whose kid you ignore. And of course I was with you, President Trump, when you, when you took the babies away, you took infants breastfeeding, literally breastfeeding from their mothers and fathers families who had made this uh, uh, arduous trek to come here and and seek asylum they just wanted to seek asylum and and you took them and you sent deported the parents and you took them and separated them sent the kids a hundred miles away in a, a disused Walmart in a inside of a, a cage with armed guards uh, 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 pointing guns at them and then of course uh, uh, and then uh, Thus ensuring the private prison contractors, Core Civic and Geo Group, who donated heavily to you, can get paid their collective four billion in profit. As those toddlers sob and whimper in absolute terror, traumatized for life, of course I was with you with that, but this last omnibus spending bill is where I draw the line. <laughs> that was the full one. And that was this week in, in Gaggery. That sound effect is everything. It's everything. We'll be right back. Boom, 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 boom. And we're back! It's so weird that you don't actually pause it, though. I, I, it's just the strangest thing. Okay. <laughs> I'll pause it. And then we'll edit that out. I'll make it sound like it was a thing. Okay. Or unless you want to do an ad. Do you want to do an ad? Just make up another ad? You're going to make it up. Okay, it's my turn. The Swear with Brian Davis brought to you by. P pick up an item on the desk, babe. Trader Joe's. <laughs> Trader Joe's corn pea bean and quinoa crisps. A crunchy corn based snack with green and yellow peas, black beans, and quinoa. Babe, do we love this snack or what? We love this snack. <laughs> you really you mm. chewed right into it. That's great. Yeah. This... I thought we were doing a real ad. No, we are now. Well, now. You don't comment on the ad while you're in it. No, no, you, you do. do it. No, you really do. You, you have a whole, because you got to fill like a minute. So we got to talk about Trader Joe's and these products that they make. They're always organic. They're always very healthy versions of whatever kind of item you're getting. Trader Joe's is really the place to get your your it's true your high quality uh, uh grocery products isn't that true babe it is true i mean i wouldn't get too much produce there but i do i, I think it's great but don't you find in the pandemic now we're, we're still crumpling that that bag don't you find <laughs> in the pandemic now babe that the the turnover is so high that the produce has been better since the pandemic. No, I found that the produce is really uh, okay. But this is questionable. An for trade. Oh, sorry, sorry. Right, so what we're trying to do now is we're trying to actually say. But we're, good no, things no, no. About my ad is for the quinoa corn chips. This is not for no produce. Okay. Oh, not for the produce. Mm -mm. Okay. I can't lie about the produce. It's questionable, and at least after about a day or two, it's over. Well, let me tell you this: as a, as a man in his fifties, at eight o'clock in the morning now, Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> they look at me and go, are you, are you? And I'll go, yeah, yeah. I'm over 60, asshole. Let me in. And they do. Even though he's not over 60. I'm really not. But that's, listen, if I got to join the AARP at 50, I'm going to get some advantage to this. 
And yeah, it it's get, great. It means I get into Trader Joe's before everyone else, and I'm going to do it. Thanks, babe. You're the best husband ever. That was a high five. And this was an ad for... What? Yes. We'll edit this whole thing. For, for <laughs> Q, we, we got, oh, we got to do the whole ad. It's like a minute. And then one of us goes, end of ad. That's how it works. Okay, I will say end of ad. You gonna say end of ad? Yeah. Say it. End of ad. Yes. <laughs> and we're back. Did we ever leave? That's a question for the ages. No one really knows. So, babe. Yes. Um. What else you got for this week? Is it time for? Uh, it's time for call out, call in. I mean, honestly, my all my stuff was was related to the Kabbalah thing. Yeah. So I don't need to do one, but if you want to do one, I don't have a call out call in this week. Except I do. I really do. I have oh. a huge one. Oh, okay. So it seems like you do. So maybe we should just go for it. Call out, call in. Hey. Call out. Oh. Call in, call out. Call out. Call in. And come back. I changed the key. Oh, do it again. Call out. Come on. in thing at the end it felt like this sort of like appendage that just yeah no it's a about. part of the song honey but now i it that's what i'm You've living grown to for expect it. i've not even no i i live for it like i can't until i hear the and in i'm not whole oh yeah i need a lot it. of pressure i need it to no you've done it you've already there's no pressure anymore okay this is going somewhere <laughs> i'm gonna do this i'm gonna give you this whole thing Tell us, tell us what's going on. Okay. I'm going to make a case for Meredith Wilson's 1958 musical, 57, 58 musical, The Music Man. Uh Uh-oh. As the most audacious and groundbreaking musical of all time. Well, well. And I'm going somewhere with this, so just bear with me. If there was no Music Man, there would be no Hamilton. Let me explain. I think that's pretty clear, but okay. The Music Man, which is really considered to be this lightweight entertainment the golden age of musical theater, not to be taken seriously, right? Mm-hmm. People love it. They've seen it. They did it in high school. They've seen uh, you know productions of it in their community theaters. And so if you know about it, that it was presented, it, it was first produced on Broadway, finally produced on Broadway. Uh, it took 11 years to write, but leaving that aside, it was produced on Broadway the same year as West Side Story, which mm-hmm. is considered to be Rightfully so, a masterpiece, a very serious work of art, and a great example of music theater, Broadway at its finest. So The Music Man comes out on Broadway the same season as West Side Story. Most people who know that assume that West Side Story won Best Musical. It didn't. The Music Man did. And in a way, it's the worst thing that could have happened for The Music Man because it, it always is seen as unworthy of having bested West Side mm, Story. I see. Got it. But here's the thing. 
they're both incredible. And I would count West Side Story musically uh, uh, in the probably top five mm-hmm. of, of, of any Broadway scores. But let's look at what the Music Man actually does. It starts, it opens with what is essentially a rap song, no notes, spoken in rhythm, five characters, three of whom you'll never see again, one of whom won't show up until about a third of the way into act two, and the fifth is the lead, who remains silent until after the song. This is unheard of in 1957 or 1958, and in fact, it is unheard of until Leslie Odom Jr. walks on stage in 2015 and says, how does a bastard orphan in complete rhythm, um, that's not happened before or since, Mm -hmm. but it did happen there. That number then leads to a choral number with an ensemble with basically no rhymes, no hook. The song is called Iowa Stubborn. Those words are never actually uttered as a hook in the song. It is an absolutely uh, unprecedented type of choral moment. There's no harmony really. Um, it's, It's a character number with Iowa River City, Iowa, as a character. Then that leads to another rap number with the chorus singing along in the chorus. Again, unheard of. That number leads into a number called the Piano Lesson, which is, again, no rhyming, no hook, just a scene that is musicalized to the piano lesson between this character, Marilyn Librarian, and her mother. Yes. That leads to another rap number, 76 trombones. Yes. Then we have a ballad called Goodnight My Someone, which takes the melody of 76 trombones and completely lays it out as a lullaby. So this continues throughout this score. Every moment is mind-blowing. Every moment is audacious in its form, its content, and its structure. It is a musical before its time. That's why it's endured. And that's the connection between the musical theater golden age of 1958, the music man represents, and Hamilton. And now we're moving beyond Hamilton. So I have a question, and this is where I'm going. Why, in this era, when we are having a reckoning about how we are representing people of color, which was the primary, primary revelation of Hamilton, which is a direct descendant of the Music Man. We're gonna bring back the Music Man with white people in all the roles. We're not gonna take advantage of what we accomplished with Hamilton. And I have nothing against the people who are cast in that production that's supposedly coming back to Broadway if and when there ever is a Broadway again. But I have got to ask, why on earth do we not have a black Marion? Do we not have a black Harold Hill? Do we not have a black Marcellus Washburn? Do we not have a black Winthrop or other? Why don't we have an Asian Tommy Gillis? Why don't we have a, a, a Latin X? The list goes on. Why are we doing this this way now? This is the opportunity to actually carry this tradition forward this is not the time, in my opinion, to go back. And again, the people that they are, that are cast, I'm huge fans of. I've got no of issue with any of them. 
But this pandemic, this pause, is the time to really look back and reflect on where we've been, where we're going, and what we're trying to represent as the community that we are. And I don't understand the logic behind when this all comes back. We're just going to make this huge statement with this huge revival that nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to leave you with this. When I was in The Music Man, and I was, I was Mayor Shin. And in my production of The Music Man, there was a black Harold Hill opposite a white Marion, and that was double cast with a black Marion opposite a white Harold Hill. There were, I was in a performing arts high school in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1976. Broadway, I love you. Let's do better. And that was... Call out, call in. Hey. Call out, call in, call out, call in, call out, call out, and in. Yes, babe. All right, so that was it. So that was my little dissertation about the music man. That's really... uh, Loved it. And guess who's available to play Black Marion? It's me. (laughs) Thank you. I'm really glad you said it. I I, uh, (laughs) I definitely... I, you know I was thinking that. We've talked about that before. We've talked about this, people. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm imagining it in my voice, and it's just so stunning. Did I mention 1976? In Cincinnati, Ohio. 76, in the Midwest. Yeah. Everybody is always, oh, the Midwest this, the Midwest that. Well, they're, they're running ahead of us now, because <laughs> we are casting a show full of white folks. And it's nothing mad. I'm not mad that they're white. I'm just mad that it's not new. It's not better. We're not saying anything against Broadway. We love what we do. But I will say that as a black woman in this industry, uh, it's not enough to fill out the ensemble with 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 people of color. It's not enough. It's not saying anything. It's it's weak. It's weak. It's not good enough. We're calling out the establishment. Yeah. All right, so um, so that's it. That's it for the week. Um, so yeah, so remember to uh, check out uh, Vote Save America. Check out the Lincoln Project on your Twitter feed. Make those phone calls. Uh, get yourself voting. Uh, as always, um, FRRC, uh, Florida Rights Restoration Commission, to uh, donate uh, so that we can flip Florida. And... Uh, Let's uh, let's arrest the cops who murdered Breonna Taylor. Please. So, babe. Yes. So, you wanted to leave us today with uh, a special quote. Yeah, I want to leave you today with a quote. This is uh, from Hannah Nicole Jones, who is the New York Times journalist and uh, 1619 creator. Uh, She wrote a tweet after Kamala was announced the VP pick, and it goes a little like this. If black Americans have been the perfectors of this democracy, then black women have been its most ardent freedom fighters, even as they sit at the intersection of all oppression, even as they bear the brunt of every racist and misogynistic policy and stereotypes in this land. 
As the wise black women of the Combahee River Collective said in 1977, if black women were free, it would mean that everyone else would have to be free, since our freedom would necessitate the destruction of all the systems of oppression. And to that I say simply, amen. And scene. The Swirl with Bree and Dave is hosted by Anchor, and you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We hope you'll subscribe, and if you want to tell us how we're doing, tactfully, leave us a rating or a review. If you'd like to follow us on social media, I'm Brianna Marie, and he's Dave Lyrics. It's good, so good, oh, since we're together, it's good, so good. Our music is by Bo Black. Promotional consideration is by Epstein of Beverly Hills. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to having you back for the next episode. Taste the swirl, everybody! Bye!